Good morning, everyone. It's a joy to be here this morning. It's a blessing to be here this morning. Today we'll be uh, preaching from Psalm 30, and I'm going to go ahead and read from Psalm 30. If you have your Bibles, please open them up to the psalm. And it reads, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm, but when you hid your face from me, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. The word of the Lord. Okay, uh, thank you so much, y'all, for letting me be here today. If you don't know me, my name is Edgar Bear, and I'm the youth director at St. Andrews, and uh, just kind of a little update on the youth group. We have Pipeline on Wednesdays, we have Den on Sundays, and something new that has happened is I've recently become a soccer coach at PV High, so I'm coaching soccer for the freshman sophomore team over there, and uh, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. We actually had our first game canceled on Tuesday, but we will have a game this following Tuesday, and uh, I'm going to need some prayers. Uh, Pray for me, pray for the team, and of course, pray for our youth group. All right, now kind of getting into a song for today, we are in the moment in the season of Lent, and the idea is we take a step back, we reflect on our life, on our mortality, and on our need for a savior. And what we have in Psalm 30 is David reflecting on something that happened in his life and how God helped him, how God redeemed him. And I actually really found this psalm uh, very particular to my life because there are some stories that I can resonate with uh, within the psalm. So I'm going to be telling a few stories that I've been through as well as, as we go through the psalm. Uh, as you guys know, or as I've said before, after I graduated from seminary, one of the things that I did is I went uh, through Latin America and I visited different cities, different people groups, different cultures, and I stayed with these people and oftentimes I preached, but we got to worship, we got to eat with the people, we got to stay the night with uh, people from all over uh, North and South America, except Canada. And it was such a blast. It was such a good time. It was a big, big learning experience for me. I got to see how God is present uh, and how he is 
proclaimed in different cultures, in the deserts, in the rain, in, uh, in nature, in really small churches, in big churches, people from all walks of life. It was a wonderful, beautiful thing. So one day, actually, we were in the tip of South America. We were in Argentina, Ushuaia. It's called Ushuaia, Argentina. And it is supposed to be the furthest city south in the world. So we're there one day, and we were just having a good time. We were, like, pretty proud of ourselves for what we achieved so far. And then we're making our way up uh, through Argentina. We're trying to go to the capital. But a friend of mine, he says, hey, I have some friends you can stay with, a church in, uh, in another city. So we make our way up there, and these people received us with such uh, hospitality. It was so wonderful. It was such a joy being with these people. They were so kind to us. They were so loving. Uh, I got an opportunity to preach there, too. And I got to play soccer in Argentina, which, is, which was just great. And then one day they're like, hey, you know what? Why don't we uh, have a barbecue, an Argentinian barbecue? Now, I don't know if you know anything about Argentinian barbecues, but they are very particular about how they prepare their food. And so we go, and there's a party happening, and everybody's talking. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's laughing. We're having a good time. And then they're teaching us how they prepare their, their food. And then we sit down to eat. And again, everybody's enjoying the food. Everyone's having a good time. And then all of a sudden, like right when we're done eating, somebody takes out a guitar, and the entire party just starts praising God. We just start worshiping. And it was so much fun. Like, I remember thinking, like, guys, I'm having such a good time at this moment. It was one of the few times in my life where just spontaneous worship just happened at a party. I just thought it was bizarre, but it was so much fun. And as I reflect on that moment later in life, I'm, like, really amazed and how great our God is because before I was a Christian or as I was trying to understand who God was, I, I realized that I was in a very broken place. I was very broken. And God transformed me. He redeemed me. I called out to God for help and he brought me into life where I get to share life with the body of believers, with Christians. And the Lord has helped me so much. He has given me opportunity to play soccer in college. He has given me jobs that I didn't think I would get. He has helped me in my finding my wife. Like God has been present in my life. And in this event that happened in Argentina, there are so many things that led up to this. And I get to praise God with other believers. And we recall what the Lord has done. And coming to Psalm 30, in a sense, David is kind of doing this where he Something happened in his life where he was at the point of death and God redeemed him. So now he is writing a psalm, a song, where the body of believers can come together and praise God. So really what's going on is um, he wrote a psalm, a song, uh, for the dedication of the temple, the palace. We don't really know which one. And, uh, but he brings the body of believers and they're singing praises to God. It's a psalm of thankfulness where we thank God for what he has done. And I think many of us here can recall moments where we've cried out to the Lord and the Lord was present in our lives. So praise God for that. So now I'm going to get into the, into the first verse. It says, 
I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths, depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Now, David starts with the word exalt. So exalt is to lift high, to recognize the highness of God. And something that oftentimes needs to happen for us to exalt God is we need to realize our humility, right? We need to be brought low sometimes. And we've all been humbled in some way or another. I, I remember a few weeks ago, David told a really funny story about him ripping his pants in, in school, which is hilarious. Uh, but we've been humbled in different ways. Maybe some of you had the birth of your child or uh, something more sad, a sickness or uh, something to do with a relationship. Maybe the job wasn't going right, didn't get the job, or me, we've all been humbled. Erica and I actually have been watching this show called Alone, and I can't stop talking about it. It's, it's, fast, it's a fascinating show. The premise of the show is that you have people who are skilled in surviving in nature. And so you get 10 people, and you put them in the Patagonia in the Arctic somewhere, and they're going to be alone all by themselves, They're like each one's going to be like five to six miles apart, a distance apart, but you're alone and you're going to try to survive, you're going to film yourself surviving. And so when the people get to their location, they're filming themselves and, and oftentimes they're, they're, you know, they're pretty confident in who they are. They're like, yeah, you know, I, I do this, I hunt for a living, I, I teach survival skills for a living. But the reality sets in after a few days, Right? People are like, all you really need is, is good mentality, a positive attitude, and I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a half a million dollars at the end of this show because that's the reward. So people are pretty confident. Reality sets in, right? Some people start missing their children. They miss their spouse, so they go home. Some people break their ankle or they break or they get injured somehow, and they can't survive there, so they go home. And then there are people who get really, really hungry. Like they hadn't eaten for days. And I remember like there's a scene where a person has not eaten for days and they catch it, they go hunting and they catch a squirrel. They catch a squirrel, y'all. And like the person's like super excited, like, oh my gosh, I get to eat today. They're so happy because they catch a squirrel. Now, if I went hunting and I caught a squirrel and I was like, hey, y'all, I got a squirrel at home. Anybody want to join me for some squirrel? I feel like most of us would be like, I'm good, I'm all right, I'm going to go to Mama D's after the church, I'm good, right? Most of us wouldn't want that, but you have this person who caught a squirrel, and they're like super ecstatic. People are humbled in nature. When reality sets in, it doesn't really matter how much of a positive attitude we have sometimes. When reality sets in, we can be brought low, we can be very humbled. And so then the question comes, when we are humbled, where do we turn to? Where do we go? Do we try to escape our reality? Do we continue to trust in ourselves even when all of human ingenuity has failed? And this is where I read Psalm uh, verses 2 and 3. He says, O oh Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O oh Lord, you brought me up from the grave and you spared me from going down into the pit. So we find that David was sick. And he was at the point of death. He was at his rope's end. And what does he do? He calls out to God. And this actually reminds me of something Tim Keller had said. He says, when you are at the end of your rope, uh, whatever we do at that moment kind of reveals, in a sense, who we are. 
right? If we look at the life of Jesus, when he is at the point of death, he called out to God. Oh, my, he said, my God, my God. He had the word so deeply implanted in him that he calls out to the Lord, to the, to, to the Father. And David, at, his, at the end of his rope, he calls out to God. And so I pray that we can continue to do this as believers in Jesus Christ when we are, you know, in trouble, when we are sick, when uh, we are having complications with our finances or whatever everybody's situation may be, we can call out to God for help. And this is what David did. And, it, and the Lord helped him. We have a God who saves and praise the Lord for that. So that's when we come to verses 4 and 5. He says, sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name for his anger lasts only a moment. Sorry, his favor, but his, sorry, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. David gathers the body of believers to come sing praises to our God. And this is what we kind of do as a church to an extent, right? We, we praise God. We come together to praise God for what he has done in the life of an individual, during baptism, when someone is saved, right, when someone gets married. We praise God for those moments, but we also come together and praise God for what he has done for in the lives of us individually or as a community. So we sing praises to God, and at this moment right here, I want us to really think about when have I called out to God, and he has been there for us, for me. And so at the end of this sermon, as we're doing the song, uh, let's think about those wonderful moments of redemption. Okay, so then we come to verses 6 and 7. David says, When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. So what we find is that David thought a little bit more highly of himself than he ought, right? He, he became a little bit egotistical. He became a little bit too prideful. But if I look, if I take a step back and look at the life of David, right, by worldly standards, he, he has reason to think of himself very highly. The guy fought bears, fought lions, he fought giants, right? He was trying to be killed, murdered, he survived, right? He was betrayed, and he came out fine at the end, right? He became king. So, like, if I had life experiences like David where, like, yo, I, I'd be down a giant and I'd be down lions, I'd be pretty prideful myself, I feel like. But the thing with David is that he forgot where his help came from. The Lord is the one who delivered him from all these situations, and this is a very peculiar thing for us sometimes. See, David faced many challenges in his life, but I feel like his biggest challenge in the end became himself, his pride. We see that in the story of him with Bathsheba, right? He became so prideful to the point that 
he wanted it all, and he took another man's wife and was a murderer. And that's just not cool. And so he's struggling with himself. And I think as a reality, we at some times in our life can be like that. We can exalt ourselves instead of exalting God and forgetting who God is. And this is actually something that I, in a sense, had to wrestle with. Now, I wasn't no king, and I, was, I didn't fight giants. I fought some bears, my cousins, my brothers. I don't know if you guys get that joke. My last name's Bear. I fought him with my bear hands, my Edgar bear hands. Yeah? No? <laughs> silly joke, guys, silly joke. No, so this is something that I myself struggled with in a sense, right? If you guys look at my face, like I have this face that's just kind of like, he's a nice guy, but you don't think of me as some guy who's like very intelligent. If there's some school project, right, you're not going to pick me to be on your team first. That's just not going to happen. If there's a sporting event, you're probably going to look to the more athletic looking types before you pick me. And I actually really enjoyed that because I, I used to like like proving people wrong. Like I would go to a sporting event, I'm going to score three, four goals on you, we're good. That shows you that I can, like, you know, I had this pride thing happening. And I used to trust in the way that I thought because, right, school came super easy to me. I never really had a struggle with anything in school. Like, I never, it just was easy, right? Whenever it came to competing with people, things just came easily to me. Easily to me. So I, I pretty much trusted in my abilities. And then one day I came to a point where, like, hey, I started reading the Word of God. And I, hey, I, I think I believe this, right? I, I believe what the Bible is telling me. But at the same time, I didn't want to let go of who I was. I wanted to continue to live a lifestyle that was really at that time what a lot of the teenagers around me were living into. And it was super unhealthy, very unhealthy. I was, in essence, I was just not a good person. But I didn't want to let go of my pride. I didn't want to let go of who I was. I wanted to continue living into that lifestyle. So there became a point where I was like, well, yeah, you know, I believe, I believe Jesus is real. I believe that God is his Lord. But really, my life did not proclaim that at all. And I think this is what leads me to uh, Romans chapter 1, where we, uh, Paul talks about the wrath of God. And so Romans chapter 1 why am I reading this? Because David says, but when you hid your face from me, basically, right? When you hid your face, so the wrath of God. Here we go. It says, Romans 1, verses 8 through 24. I'm going to read a few verses. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over. That's a big part of it. Into sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who was forever praised. Amen. So, two points that I want to get from here. 
uh, he, Paul is talking about um, them, verse 23, exchange the glory of the immortal God for images. Right? They exchanged the glory of God. They knew who God was, but they decided to, you know, worship something else. And in this context, I feel like worship of self. And then, verse 24, therefore God gave them over. And when I look at this passage, I'm like, this is a very, very dangerous place to be. It's like, okay, we're going to decide to ignore God. We're going to sin. Okay, I think God's going to let us at that point delve into our vices. And that is just super self-destructive. It, it does not lead to good things. I mean, it might seem like fun for a little bit, for a year, for 20 years, for a month, for two weeks, however long. But at some point, all of this stuff is going to catch up to us, and we are going to be left to ourselves, and we're going to have to call into account what we've done. There's a point where no amount of money can save us. There's no amount of human ingenuity can save us. We are left to ourselves, and what do we do in those moments? And I felt like, at least for me, right, I, I said that I believed in God, and the Lord was like, okay, if you're going to keep walking on this path, you can go. And super self-destructive, super self-destructive. And I feel like the Lord showed me, like, okay, if you go this path, this is what's going to happen. You choose this path, there's life. And as David did, verses 8, To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction and my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. In his moment of weakness, of distress, he called out to God. He cried out to God. And this is something that you know, whatever we are going through or have gone through, let's call out to the Lord for help. And if you've already done that, if you continue to do that, praise God and let's just keep going forward. So what does God do after we call out to him? You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God. I will give you thanks forever. David called out to God, and he was in deep distress, crying from all the pain that he was going through. And the Lord turned his wailing into dancing. The contrast, right? Deep crying to joyful dancing, right? We can all think back of moments that were just fun dancing, right? Deep longing to salvation, to redemption. He removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Painful clothes to a fresh set of clothes filled with joy. God redeems. And then the last part, O Lord my God, oh, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Because of what the Lord has done, our hearts are rejoicing when we speak of it as a body of believers wherever it is we are. We proclaim the Lord through our actions and through our words. And here is the last part. Oh Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. David recalls what God has done 
and it is in his heart, and he praises God till the end of days. And if we think about it in the terms of the gospel, we've all, in a sense, been broken down, and God has heard our call, and we have been saved. And the good news of Jesus Christ is in us, and we proclaim this good, good news for the rest of our lives. And, you know, in, uh, in Mark, he says, Jesus says, whoever wants to uh, be my, wants to, wants to follow me must take up their cross, must, take, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Now, something that oftentimes happens is that people get scared, so they don't take up their cross, and people, uh, something happens in their life, and they stop following. And we've all, we've all seen people who are like, they'll come to church, and then all the, something happens in life, and they'll forget about God, right? But I want, I want us to, 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 I want to motivate us to, to continue in that walk, even though sometimes, you know, life can be hard, and it can seem like other people aren't caring about the word of the Lord, you know. Our God is a powerful Savior, redeeming God. And we are people who are sometimes broken down, but we can look back at our lives and praise him for what he has done. So I'm going to pray, and uh, then we're going to do some worship. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the psalm that David wrote that we can learn from. Lord, if anybody here is having... Uh, issues with their health, we call out to you, Lord God. If anybody here is having issues with the word, we call out to you, oh God. If anybody here is having relationship problems, we call out to you, oh God. If anybody here is anxious and feels alone, we call out to you, oh God. Lord, search our hearts. Bring us the joy of your salvation. Turn our mourning into dancing. And Lord, we will proclaim your name for the rest of our days. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.